Welcome to Sleep Talk, the podcast about all things sleep, brought to you by sleephub.com.au. Here are your hosts, Dr. David Cunnington and Dr. Moira Junger. So Moira, it's that time of the year again. It's daylight saving and time to shift the clocks back. Yeah, well, I love this one when you actually get the extra hour of sleep. It's my favourite day of the year. We thought we'd do a brief podcast and um, play back some of the great material we had from Till Ronenberg a couple of years ago talking about daylight saving because it's a bit more controversial. There's a bit more talk about it this year than there has been other years. Absolutely. It's usually um, certainly not controversial here, usually, but of course, most people listening would be aware that the USA voted just recently in the Senate to have permanent daylight savings time from the end of next year called the Sunshine Protection Act. And of course, um, it still needs to pass through the other house and the sleep research community are not happy. Because they'd already been asked to come and give evidence and give advice, gave their advice that permanent standard time would be the preferred option, but then were totally ignored. It's an it's a interesting issue. So enjoy this interview with Till Ronenberg as he talks about the pros and cons of daylight saving time and some of the barriers to making changes. There's another social construct around time, which is daylight saving time. It's only an hour. Surely it shouldn't make such a difference. What makes you say that? Where does this it's only one hour and where does it shouldn't make any difference come from? In order to ask that question, in order to ask that question or make that statement, you must already have thought about what other people may say and that it's um, not that good to change the clocks, which I've which I've already mentioned when I said it's uh, changing clocks in spring and autumn adds another falsification of the social time away from 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 sometime. It's only an hour. I have difficulties um, with that statement advancing the clocks by one hour. It actually is a um, a decision made by someone that everybody goes to work an hour it's nothing else in order so that people don't really know that or don't realize that we change our clocks so we still go to work at nine but in effect we are going to work at eight suddenly from one day to the other and that is an hour's change the people who like that are predominantly larks early early birds because they, they wake up early in, in in summer anyhow and they they like to get home um, while it is still light and like the long evenings, which are not longer than before or without the time change. It's just that we go to work an hour earlier and therefore we come home an hour earlier and therefore we have longer time at home. But the late types have difficulty with that concept because um, they have to go, they already, before the time change in spring, um, have to set an alarm to be able to wake up. And if you set an alarm, it's very simple. Your body clock hasn't slept to its biological end of sleep. And now they have to go to work an hour earlier, meaning they have to cut in their biology even more for, for one hour. And that is not something they get easily accustomed to or adjusted to. And many people who claim it's only one hour Compare that to traveling into another time zone, and we can do that. For example, we can travel from from London to Paris, which is also an advance of one hour, and nobody has great difficulties with that. But what people don't understand when they cite the travels, the, the traveling one hour to, to the east, um, that you travel away from where you are and you get a new light-dark cycle and you give 
um, your clocks, the new light dark cycle, so that they can actually um, adjust to that new time zone. Whereas um, daylight savings time is going to work an hour earlier without going anywhere. And therefore, um, the, the, the body clocks, the circadian clocks, just don't, they ignore this is going to, to work an hour or to school an hour earlier, and they continue to um, have difficulties with aligning to the social uh, timing. Yeah, thank you. You've made a very good case for why it is an issue, and I, I agree with you. I think it, daylight saving is something that humans don't adapt to readily and causes significant problems. So what would be an alternative if we were to abolish daylight saving? Before we go to alternatives, um, we would I would like to go into more detail what DST really means. Most people focus on the times when, when, when the clocks are changed. And uh, it's known from the literature that, um, there are, that many things increase in, in, in ac- acute um, uh, response to the the clock change. Heart attacks become more frequent. Um, some um, statistics show that uh, traffic, lethal traffic accidents become more frequent. Um, there are um, identifiable changes um, um, in, the, in the stock market on the Monday after the change. It's actually on that on that day uh, one can show that that even sentencing by judges and by courts is more severe than, than any other type of the. So there are lots lots of acute um, responses to, to the term change. But for me, these responses are not the, the main bad situation we put ourselves in because the main bad situation we put ourselves in is that we we increase what, what I have called social jet lag by one hour. Social jet lag means it's a measurement of the discrepancy between the actual sun time and the the therefore the body clock time and the social time, and if they're discrepant, which they are when you have to wake up with an alarm clock, for example, if they are discrepant, that is not good for health. But there's another way to look at that, and that um, way to look at uh, the effects of DST has surfaced over the last uh, one or two years, because what people started to understand is that within time zones there are gradients of health. And the best health you find at the eastern border of the time zone, and the worst health you find at the western border of the time zone. Now, when we switch to daylight savings time, we do essentially nothing else but to move the eastern border of our time zone one hour further east, which means we all have to live further away from the eastern border of our time zone. And that will cause more cancer, more metabolic illnesses, more heart diseases. Where whatever you look at will be increased in its chances to come up in, in people by living further in the west of the time zone. And that's exactly what we're doing with DST. That's a very compelling argument. How do you go talking to government regulators and people about, okay, what's an alternative? You know, let's not do DST. It's very difficult because it's it's a very um, what I call a hedonic um, question. People just like it. Many people like it. They say, um, "I like these long evenings," which is fine. But I always compare that with people who smoke. Many of the health deficits by smoking are um, not the obvious ones, like lung cancer or throat cancer or something like that. Many of them are um, as obscure 
um, and and long uh, and long lasting, um, as the effects that we find across time zones. So there's nothing where we can say, okay, your chances to 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 develop the lung cancer will increase by. Um, twofold if you if you if you smoke it's much smaller incidences and effects but they're all there and um, let's leave aside the, the the drastic effects of smoking and then you have somebody who likes smoking and this is i like smoking and this person doesn't take into account that um, um, there is evidence that smoking besides the, the very uh, terrible indirect effects of smoking on lung cancer and so forth, that smoking is increasing the chances that you get a lot of other diseases. So if somebody says, I like those long evenings, I say it's the same as if a smoker said, I like smoking. Both are correct on a hedonic level where you say, I just like this. But they both do not take into account as statements that there is um, evidence that both are bad for people and the small effects of of health deficits we find within time zones are multiplied by the number of people and the number of times they are exposed to this condition. So um, over time, they become um, very, very expensive experiments by by society. You can't do very much with governments because governments um, go by voters, and the voters um, are very, very many voters like like uh, DST. Uh, so we can write to them, we can show them the evidence, but um, systems are very sluggish in accepting scientific evidence. It's quite astonishing how little politicians are actually interested in science. They are very much interested in economics and in, in votes by people, but they are not very very interested in the scientific evidence that is for or against the decision they, they should make. That is a fact by itself. So we can only propose things. And, and the obvious pro- proposition is that you go back to standard time. Let's not call it winter time as little as we should call the DST summertime because these are, those are all misleading labels. It's standard time and the original idea of standard time was that in the middle of the time zone, the middle of the time zone sets where the social time should be for that time zone, which means the social time is never further away from sun time than half an hour. To the east, they're earlier by half an hour. To the west, they're later by half an hour. So we should return to standard time because thereby we reduce, potentially reduce the discrepancy between sun time and social time, which then translates into discrepancies of, of body clocks and social time. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for your own independent health professional's advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider within your country or place of residency with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 